Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Welcome back to Ruined, everybody. My name is Hallie. My name is Allison. And this is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie for you. Yeah, every week, day in, day no, week in, week out, I guess. Week in, one day, week it'll, out, every one week. One day, it'll be every day. <laughs> one day, I, we'll do this every single day. <laughs> I mean, listen, if that's what the people demand... Then we will do it. And I, we look um, down and our mics aren't even plugged in. We're just talking know, to nobody. It's, it's like behind us. It's just like a wasteland because nuclear winter has started and we're the last people on earth just podcasting Ooh, into oblivion. Can't wait. There's a movie, you know? I mean, at least a scripted podcast, you know? At very least. A short, a web series, maybe. <laughs> yes. yes, it does sound like a web series. Um, we wanted to kick uh, kick off this week's episode with a follow-up oh, yes. to um, a recent episode. Uh, we d- recently covered the movie Possessor, amazing, for our sci-fi month. And we got a great message from somebody who is a scientist. Now, to be cl- clear, we've done absolutely no research. So this person is saying they're a scientist, and we believe yeah. it. If somebody sends yeah. you a message on in the internet, it is true. Yeah, whatever they say they are, they are. She said, I'm a scientist. She is a scientist. Great. She says... Um, and her name is Colette. Colette, thank you so much for messaging us. Um, yes, thank you. She, she loves the show. And that's it. We, uh, no, yes. okay, I'll read. <laughs> that's the information we needed to relay. <laughs> uh, wanted to add a few extra details about toxoplasmosis. It's more of a concern for outdoor cats and our indoor outdoor cats because they can pick up the parasite from infected rodents, birds, or other small animals, Ooh. which they then pass through their feces, Okay, it, which, if inhaled by pregnant ladies, then infects them. The most freaky part about this parasite, once infected, the parasite pretty much lives in the host, human, for the rest of their lives. It doesn't cause any more issues after the initial infection. It just kind of chills out with you for life. A real who's married to who situation. <gasps> wow. I feel like as someone who has who had an outdoor cat, I feel like I probably had this or have it forever. I guess. Well, you, yeah, I mean, if you had it, you have it. That's it. I don't know how to like, feel about that. I mean, you probably have a parasite in you now. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, the truth comes out. How you feel about me? A third host of the podcast, <laughs> Allie's parasite that she got from an outdoor cat fecal matter. <laughs> Damn, that is a horrifying idea. It's like you just get like a tapeworm when you're like eight, and it's just it, that it's just the worm now. Yeah, it's weird how much is like how much of disease and infection can be like super permanent, and like how much of our body, like where it's like, well, that's it. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, again, not to get it. This is also terrifying, but I just read this thing about how like up to a third of people who have had COVID have had like neurological issues afterwards. Yeah, and it's like and well, psychological fuck. issues. Yeah, because it's like I well, know. we're certainly we weren't even set up to deal with people's like chronic illnesses or mental illness before. And now we're going to have, you know, 100,000 or however many end up up with these uh, long-term effects. America, we we can't do, we're just bad. I think actually the movie we're going to do this week, this is closer to what I think of the American medical system than like our idea of it. Okay, great. Because um, this, what we are continuing on Sci-Fi Month and this was recommended uh, by Brad, who I have met and is lovely and loves the pod, which I appreciate. And he wrote in suggesting, because we're doing sci-fi, that we should do the 1985 sci-fi horror classic, Reanimator. Um, he said he saw it in seventh grade and the movie shaped him for better or for oh, worse. Oh boy, I so, gotta imagine for worse, Brad, but... I am now so eager to hear all about this movie because having met this person, I'm like, what? what is the connection here? <laughs> yeah, I guess my question, is this person a animate walking headless corpse carrying his own head? You know, I didn't notice that, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say that I'm always the most aware when I'm meeting new people, Allison, especially at comedy shows. You're a animal. You got, you're <laughs> bipping and you're popping. You got something going I'm popping, on. I'm drunk. It's dark. I don't know. Like You're not you know, looking so, up at people's faces. Come on. I'm not trying to be like, where does the neck end and the head start? I don't know. I'm not always <laughs> exactly. paying attention. 
<laughs> I don't know where mine do or don't. That's a different issue. <laughs> so uh, with that perfect segue, we are doing yes. uh, Reanimator, which is also known as H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. It is based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. And Allison, I realize, have you ever... Um, read anything by H.P. Lovecraft or will you read a short horror? Is it just the visual? I, you know, I feel like I used to read horror when I was younger, weirdly enough. Like, cause like, I feel like a lot of horror books are like pretty like good when you're like kind of making that jump to like adult mm-hmm. reading. Yes. Um, cause I remember I read a lot of mysteries and then like I read um, some Stephen King and I had, they read a lot of short stories horror. So I haven't, H.P. Lovecraft isn't, um, an author I'm super familiar with, though I know like loosely from like the world of writing. Yeah, and he's an iconic author. There has kind of he's had his like reckoning recently because you know he's um, ra- very racist, and I think so. Mm-hmm. The argument is wasn't everyone that everyone by everyone of course they mean white people at the time racist, and the answer is yes, mm-hmm. but not yeah. every writer who was white um, in his time period. He was um, writing like the early 1900s would put the racism so specifically into the work sometimes. Into the work, yeah, sure. But uh, it's, it's I think, probably the best H.P. Lovecraft adaptation, and we always like to have Allison watch the trailer and get her first thoughts on it. So, Allison, what did you think of the reanimated trailer? I love the trailer. Uh, the scariest part was the ad at the beginning for a pillow that's shaped like a cube um, <laughs> that I got on YouTube. Oh, a cube. <laughs> um, which I was like, oh, a cube pillow. Um no, but the trailer itself, I mean, it's it's one of my favorite kinds of trailers, which is um, man with a deep voice uh, kind of doing the VO and being like, this has never happened before, you know, which I love <laughs> and I miss. You know, it's it's a lot. The I would say the physical, the visuals are kind of funny, though I'm sure mm-hmm. if I were following along the movie, I would find them more terrifying because, of course— I would be aware of like what the plot is and what's happening. But like at one point when he like reanimates the cat, I'm like, well, that's just funny. <laughs> there are definitely some real moments that are played for laughs, which I appreciate because okay. I would say the last 20 minutes of this movie are some of the gnarliest stuff you're, you're going to see. But in a, oh, in a more 80s sort of like wink, yes. you know, like uh, versus something more realistic like Possessor, which was like hyper-realistic, hyper-bloody. Yes. This is more goo, more of a goo-based yeah. scare. Seemed like a lot of goo. Which you know, fun, and like I see, it seems like a pretty straightforward plot. Absolutely, um, we also take a baseline scary. And Allison, how scary do you find the concept of having a roommate? Oh, so scary! Mm-hmm. As someone who lives alone, I've been living alone for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some real traumatic room, like nothing so devastating, but like. Some real, I would say, like, one of the worst, the the meanest I ever was to somebody was a roommate who had done something by mistake, which uh, I had, well, it's Mm -hmm. not a I still blame her for this. Mm, I was living with a friend of mine, and I had come home from work, and this is when I was, like, making, like, $28,000 a year living in Manhattan, working in publishing, just, like, I was like, well, how did that math work? And I had, like, I had gotten paid, and I had been after, like, oh, like, the second week of the month where you have, like, no money, and- because, like, you had paid your rent and then, like, hadn't gotten paid again yet. Now, in mine, it would be, like, eating one Papa John's pizza over the course of a week. Yeah, I would just have, like, I would get, like, a day-old bagel every mm-hmm. day, and that was, like, take me from breakfast to dinner. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I mean, I looked amazing, but it was not um, a realistic way to live my life. Uh, and so I had, like, I walked, it was February, and I remember I walked all the way from Midtown back to the Upper West Side and stopped at Zabar's and, like, bought everything. I got, oh. like, good turkey, all these veggies, fancy cheese, pick like, everything. And I came home, and I was fr- I carried them home in the freezing cold and dropped them on the floor and ran out really quick to go pick up my laundry. And, like, five minutes elapsed between the time I had gotten home and then left and came back. And in that time, my roommate had come home and saw the bags on the floor and thought they were garbage oh and God. took them out to the dumpster. Oh my and God. Threw, I, I cannot express to you how much these were comically grocery bags. Like there was like celery and a baguette, like literally sticking out of one of them. It was def- they were so heavy. It was so clearly food. The and she idea threw them that you, in the like, dumpster. Oh, somebody left all this fresh fruit and vegetables and bread on the ground. I, they're obviously trash. Like, 
I, and I came back in and I was like, oh, where are my groceries? Thinking like, maybe she put them away. She was like, what groceries? And I was just, and like, oh, we got girl, to, we found absolutely out. absolutely not. You can't say what groceries. You know what groceries. And this just happened. So like, I came, I was like, okay, what okay, groceries? okay. And I was like, I need a minute. And like, I had to go in my room and like collect myself. I had a third roommate at the time too, who I was just like, I'm going to need to talk to you about this because this is a nightmare. But I called her, I was like, you are unquestionably the dumbest person I've ever met, and wow. I truly can't believe you're still alive. Like, Allison, what, said what did she Which say? Which was so mean. She was so nice, but this was just like clearly a moment of like, I don't know. I can't explain what happened. She was like, she was, she was like, I'll write you a check. I'll go buy groceries. I was like, no, you can't do it right. I have to, I'm oh. so particular. It was such a nightmare. I like- I mean, to be Obviously, fair, that's like, like the one thing that would set me off. If someone's like, "I, you know all that food you just bought that was like your food I, for the next two weeks? I put it in the garbage. You don't have it anymore. Yeah, it's and like, it's Brutal. not even like, oh, I like took it into the hall. Like, it's like in a dumpster. You can't even like yeah. save it. It was, it was pretty traumatic. So like when I think of roommates, like those are the kinds of things I think of. And it's horrifying to me. Boy, I mean, this chilled me to the bone. And I hope I that know. this movie does the same thing for you. <laughs> Um, and before we, we get started, we always like to have Allison guess the twist based on the trailer and what little you know about the movie. What do you think the twist will be in Reanimator? Guess the twist. I've got to guess that uh, the the tech bringing people back is bad. <laughs> wow, you really hit the nail. <laughs> I mean, hit the nail on the head. I don't know if that's a twist at this point, though, Allison. I would challenge you and say that's yeah, I think what it's we just think. Like, you know. That's what we think. Yeah, I mean, maybe a surprising death is uh, is coming for our main character. Great, love it. All right, so let us begin by ruining H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator. We open on the University of Zurich's Institute of Medicine, and uh, two cops and uh, some doctors are listening to an office door, and they're just hearing a man oh screaming and throwing things around. <laughs> And eventually they're able to get through the door and they find a student, a third-year medical student named Herbert West, who is the sketchiest, squirmiest, bug-eyed freak you've ever little met. Like, oh, just like the most arrogant, like somebody you probably met in grad school, you're like, this Ugh. guy makes me insane. And he is Ugh. injecting a liquid into the body of his um, his mentor, Dr. Hans Gruber. Now, Hans Gruber is also the name of the villain in Die Hard. Yeah. And I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> I'd like to think that maybe this character was his father. <laughs> like, I, I like to think that they exist in the okay. same... Um, same universe. Same universe. Um, and he's he's ejecting him with a shot, and, and the cops go and obviously grab uh, Herbert West and drag away. He's like, you idiots, you're going to ruin... I have to record his vital signs. You're ruining my experiment. And unfortunately, Dr. Hans Gruber is does not look good. You know, like, he's, like, uh-huh. shaking and bloody, and there's blood spraying out of his mouth. And they're like, did you kill him? Like, what happened in here? And Herbert West says, of course he's dead. The dosage was too large. And this is already like, okay, okay we already know if that's why he's dead, you gave him that dosage. So we already know right. it's like you're a, a scientist, a bad scientist, and you're an asshole. Right off the top. Yep. Wow. We are just getting in. Um, and uh, there's a female doctor, and she's like, you killed him. And West turns her, he says, no, I did not. I gave him life. Roll of credits. <gasps> Um, Amazing. We then arrive at the Miskatonic Medical School in Arkham, Massachusetts. So Miskatonic um, University and um, Arkham are both H.P. Lovecraft. So Arkham is like a H.P. Lovecraft location where he like references and sets things. And then Miskatonic University is like, if you ever need an expert who has like a a copy of the Necronomicon, they have it there. Oh, okay, great. You know, so you can call them up. They're going to find you a copy and you could like take it out in her library loan or whatever. And we meet our library loan. I remember. I know. I haven't been to the library in a year. That's on me. I I should have done more research. I'm going to start going again. I miss the library. Me too. So we meet our main character, Dan Kane. He's also a third-year medical student, and he is working in the hospital. So I guess doing, like, the actual, like, hands-on training and okay. he and uh, Dr. Herod are trying to revive a completely topless woman, like an older woman. And I <laughs> first I saw this, I'm like, I wonder if I could book that role. Where like, we just need like an older woman with her, her boobs out, and, like dead. And I was like, I bet, I, I wonder how she got that. That's like the kind of nudity I could do, where it's like very medical. Medical nudity. Oh yeah, medical put that nudity. skills, medical nudity. Medical nudity. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, but they, unfortunately, they cannot revive her. And Dan, Dan does not want to keep giving up. He, like, used the defibrillator, and he's trying to do her chest compressions. And Dr. Herod finally has to say to him, you know, Dan, your optimism is touching, but it's a waste of time. A good doctor knows when to stop. That is basically our thesis sentence. It is oh, a good wow. doctor knows when to stop. Ergo, okay. a bad doctor, he doesn't know. Does not know, no. So obviously Dan is like very haunted by this experience and sort of carries this with him. But he says, you know, the Dr. Harrod said, just take the body to the morgue, which he does. And he chats with Mace, who's the security guard who sits inside the morgue and they kind of like banter. And he drops off the the body to Dr. Hill. And so he's sort of like the star of the university who like wins all these grants. He does um, like studies on like the brain. So he, he does all the autopsies and he invented a laser drill um, to do brain right. surgery. So, like, essentially, it's a laser that just cuts through bone rather than a bone saw. So he's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, my God, you get to work with him. Like, he's so incredible. Right. And uh, Mace jokes, I don't know why they bothered to lock the door to the morgue. Nobody wants in and ain't nobody getting out. Wrong again, <laughs> Mace. Wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dan drops off the the body in, like, the freezer section of the morgue. I don't know what the term of it is. But they're on, you know, they're on, they're, it's freezing in there. And they've got a ton of bodies in there, and Dan is obviously very freaked out by them, understandably. He's very nervous around death. And he sees Dr. Hill sort of performing an autopsy, and you see him sort of, like, you know, have, like, a moment of, of disgust. And right then, right. the dean of the school, Dean Halsey, comes in to talk to Dr. Hill. And I feel like the 70s and 80s was a time for deans in movies. You never hear about a dean anymore. Yeah, you really, I mean, I guess Promising Young Woman, we saw a dean. See, I didn't see that yet. Oh, okay. oh boy. We, well, that doesn't give anything away. Um, oh, so there's, there's a dean? One, okay, well, oh, why well, now, I, now I'm not going to see it. Um, you, you told me the ending. Horror? Is this something we could do? Or not really more of a I mean, I've seen it and you haven't, so oh. we could do it that way. But like, okay. Ooh. But like, it's it was... Mm, Thriller. I think thriller. Um, It lives in the thriller world. But yeah, Dean's really were like the main character of 70s and 80s movies that were remotely near a university. There was always a Dean. They had, yeah, they had their time in the sun. So Dean Halsey comes in and he introduces both Dan and Dr. Hill to a new third year medical student, Herbert West. And it reminded me of Orphan like, are we not calling this guy's references? Because we just saw this guy kill Hans Gruber. But he's just showing right. up. He he goes to he goes to America to sort of like you know make a new fresh start for himself and enter yeah, a new it's medical the American school. dream. You can start over even if you've murdered people. Yeah. So you know Dan tries to be nice to him. It's like oh what was your research on? And West says death and just sort of brushes past him. And he <sighs> and so Herbert West as soon as he gets here he goes up to Doctor Hill and he's like you just all everything you have is just derivative of Doctor Gruber's research in the early seventies. Like you had this theory about the location of the will and the brain. Like you know it's all wrong. And in Europe, you're considered a plagiarist for stealing all of Gruber's works. Like, right out of the gate, hasn't even talked to this guy. And he's like, you think that the brain, like, basically the limit of brain death is like 12 minutes is what they're arguing. And he's saying, you still think that 12 minutes is the limit, but I know that there's, it's possible to go beyond 12 minutes uh, before. got it. Before brain death means you cannot be revived. So he's saying, like, you're, you know, you're old school. Like, I, I, I've, you don't even know what I've cooked up. Unfortunately, we do. We're about to see a movie about it and it's not going to be good. Mm -mm. He's like, the fact you think that, like, frankly, your work on brain death is outdated. And Dr. Hill's like, excuse me. Like, (laughs) I, I don't even know who you are. And they all sort of, like, awkwardly blow past it. So so they had this weird interaction. You think, okay, well, like, at least you don't have to see that guy. You'll have to see him in, like, lecture hall or whatever. Unfortunately, right. Dan is looking for a roommate, and we see him put up a little flyer, and he lives on 666 Darkmore Avenue. Oh, come on. Like, <laughs> I know. And unfortunately, I guess it's the middle of semester or something, so, like, you know, there's only going to be one person who's looking for an apartment, um, yep. Meanwhile, Dan is uh, engaged to Megan Halsey, who is the daughter of the dean, of and course. played by horror legend Barbara Crampton, who's fabulous. You see them having sex, you know, having a great time. Megan's great. Nice. Megan's having a good time of her life, but Dan is sort of distracted, presumably by having had this patient die earlier in the day. And right. it's made worse by the fact that his cat Rufus jumps on his back while they're having sex and sort of like ruins no. the mood a little bit. Yeah, cats. They know when to show up and make things worse. And then probably gave them all pre- toxoplasmosis while, while the cat I mean, was out. Now we know. And so Megan's like, hey, I can't sleep over because she still lives with her dad. She's also a student. 
And he's like, your dad, like, is so behind the times. Like, we're engaged. You should be able to stay over here. Like, he knows me. And she's like, I know he's the last living Puritan, but he still somehow thinks that I'm a virgin and, like, I'm going to wait, save myself till marriage. But as soon as you graduate, we're going to get married. Don't worry. And so they kind of, like, have, like, you know, they're, like, playing grab ass and, like, like sort yeah. of, like, chasing each other around nude in the um, apartment. There's a knock at the door. It's Herbert West with the little flyer. Megan okay. from the jump is like, this guy seems very strange. He is very glowering and like, he's not trying to hide that he's the villain, you know? Right. And he's like looking, it's like, imagine that person showing up to see your room. It's like, can we just no. meet a couple other people except for this guy? This one guy? Yeah. And he's like, in, women always pick up on that. Like, women are always like, this guy has a weird vibe. And men are like, I don't know, he seems fine. Like, And poor poor Megan, like, this is the whole movie for her, be like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like, I think <laughs> oh. something bad's going on. And Dan being like, no, he's, I've met plenty of guys. This is most of the people who go to medical school. Like, I think he's fine. Um, and they have, show him around, and Herbert has one question is, does this building have a basement? Uh, it does. Oh, great. But it's not like a finished basement. It's just like a place where, like, shit lives. You know, like, just yeah. like old broken furniture or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously Megan's like, I got to go, but I think you guys, I think we should talk about things or whatever. And, um, but Dan is being like, yep. no, I mean, that seems total, totally fine. So he takes uh, Herbert's, Herbert West's a big fistful of cash and he has moved in and he's Good. officially his roommate. They also have a class together uh, from Dr. Hill. So they're, they're in the morgue together in this like smaller class. And no. you see Dr. Hill um, peel off the scalp of a corpse in his words, in the style of peeling a large orange. And okay. then he uses a bone saw to cut off the top of the skull and then just sort of sink his hands into the brain. And he's, See, yeah. No. While he's lecturing. No. It's not even like, okay, everyone gather around. It's just like he's sort of casually talking and then like putting his While hands into this, this poor dead person's skull. No. Um, while he's doing this, Herbert West snaps a pencil and then just sort of stares Dr. Hill down and then he does it again. And Dr. Hill's like, I suggest you get a pen. And they sort of have like a, I don't know, like medical school pissing contest where Herbert West is oh like, God. you are shutting down their minds before you, that you've even let them flourish. Like, what if we, what if we sought beyond the bounds of what we know to be true about the brain? And everyone's like, dude, we are just trying to like get out of here. Like I have other yeah. classes this is a pass fail for me. It's the we're in the morgue. Like we <laughs> like, have to be here go. in order for us to like be right. able to get this, you know. And Dr. Hill says to Herbert before he leaves, it's going to be a pleasure to fail you. So we already know they're kind of like at odds. Okay. Great. Um, that night at the Halsey's house, uh, the dean and his wife had Dr. Hill and his wife over because he got this uh, the grant for inventing this uh, laser drill to do lobotomies and other things. While they're there, you start to notice that Dr. Hill is staring at Megan, who her father is sort of roped into being at the dinner. And in okay. this very intense and, like, honestly, like, sexual way that's completely inappropriate for, like, a work dinner where also the person's oh, no. father is there. And also you're no. the same age as the father. And also she is engaged to someone who's in your class. So it's, you know, so at a certain point, Dan comes to pick Megan up. They have like a study date. And Dr. L said, well, before you go, I'd like to give you a toast. And his toast is to Megan, my esteemed colleague's capable, beautiful, loving daughter, the obsession of all who fall under her spell. Ew. And both Dan and Megan are like, dude, I've, he's standing right there. Like, that's my father. Like, what are you doing? Also, he's married. Yes. Yeah. Right. Also, every single layer to that is inappropriate. Like, yes, and like I, who's there, where they are, what he's saying, <laughs> like all, like every how layer we know is each wrong. Other. Yeah, I guess right. I feel like uh, shout out to like all of like feminism and and people who have worked against the idea that like people like being bewitched by women or like falling under women's yes. spells, like yes. that was such a large part of like a conversation of like, well, I couldn't help myself. And I just, I appreciate everyone who did their part so that we don't have to hear that all the time. Because when yeah. you hear it now, you're like, that's insanity. Right. You're, yeah, your excuse for bad behavior is, I am a, like, like have any power over you? Like, no, you're making choices. You're a human being. Come I mean, on. Yeah, you might as well say, like, you're a witch. You know, like, yes, that's basically right. what we're that's saying. That's what it feels like it's drawn back to. Yeah. 
Anyway. Um, over at Dan's house, Megan is again very perturbed. She's like, why is West always in his room? Like, he's such a weird guy. I actually think that's fine. If you're if, if you were a roommate, just stay in your room. That's fine. Yeah, it's a dream roommate. And Dan's like, it's he's a little, he's cracked, but it's fine, you know? And Megan said, okay, but like the cat hates him. Where is the cat? They do not know where the cat is. The oh, cat is no. gone. They look all over. And the only room that they have not checked is old Herbert West's room. And Megan's like, fuck it. I'm, oh, she opens the door. She looks around. She finds the body of their of Dan's dead cat inside West's mini fridge, which is also disgusting. Where it's like, did you just Ugh. get a mini fridge for this? Like, I hope it's or not next to your snacks. All, all purpose. Right. Right. Yeah. Is your like Snickers underneath this cat <laughs> skeleton or whatever? Keep candy in the fridge. That is a good piece of advice. Oh, yeah. Put a Kit Kat in the freezer. Forget about it. Oh, get out of here. Um, and so she's screaming and freaking out. And Herbert arrives home and he's like, what are you doing in my room? How dare you? And I'm like, I, I would be murdering this person. Because yes. the ca- dead cat's body is in his mini fridge. You know, there's no arguing about that. And they're like, what the hell is right. this? What's going on? And Herbert's like, oh, um, actually, the cat got into the garbage and it got a jar stuck on its head and it suffocated. And so I just put it in the fridge, you know, so no. it wouldn't be gross. Because I didn't think you'd want to find it like that. In a way where, like, Megan's no. like, no, I know you killed this cat. I, this is disgusting. No. Something is weird. And Dan's like, well, I guess that's something that a human would do. No, it's not. It's like, Ugh. Dan, what Dan, are you talking about? Get it together. I absolutely, like, that is not okay behavior. Dan, also looking at the mini fridge, finds a vial of glowing green liquid. And, like, no, what the fuck? He's like, what the fuck not. is this? And Wes, like, that's none of and your business. Is, Just like it's none of my business. This is like pre Gatorade, right? It's like before Gatorade existed, it where you feel like maybe like this Gatorade. is Gatorade. <laughs> like right, lemon yeah. lime. Now you could say, yeah. oh, that's like monster energy drink. And he'd have to be like, yeah. all right, I have to believe you because it, it looks like that. It looks like a neon yeah. beverage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Wes tells him, you know, that's none of your business. And just like none of my business that you're sleeping with Dean Halsey's daughter. I wouldn't want you to see thrown out of school and the profession on moral grounds. And I was going to say, not, is that possible? But then it's like, I went to Notre Dame and technically when I was there, I don't know if it's still true. Technically speaking, you could be expelled for having premarital sex. So I guess I have to assume in some places that, this could be grounds that he could be thrown out of school. But that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. And Dan says as much. He's like, I'm pretty sure Dean Halsey will, like, understand if he finds out you're, like, doing experiments with dead cats. You know, like, you're a student at the school. You can't be doing this shit. And uh, Herbert West says, would you like to find out? So they just, like, don't do anything. Megan goes home. Dan goes to sleep. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up out of a dead sleep to the sound of a cat howling. No. He gets Uh -uh. up. He Uh -uh. He grabs a baseball bat. He's running around the house trying to find the source of the sound. He's knocking on West's door only to realize that the howling is coming from the basement. Allison, at this point in the film, I have to ask, what would you do? What would you do? I would lock the door from the basement to the apartment. Yes, correct. And be like, that's now you problem. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're kicked out. I'm putting all of your stuff out in the hallway or outside or whatever the layout is that gets it out of my apartment and puts you, like, here's your money. Like, just go away forever. Exactly. And then calling the university and being like, this guy is fucked up. Let's get him out of here. I think that's the right thing to do based on the fact he doesn't do that and then things just get much worse. Yeah, of course. Like, you can't be like, all right, well, that's strike one. Like, that's not <laughs> All right, you work. killed one of my cats, but if I get two more cats and they both end up dead in your fridge, I'm going to be mad. you're out of here. So Dan, <laughs> he's, he shoves the basement door open and has sort of like a comical pratfall where he falls down the entire flight of stairs. Um, only to find like Rufus, who has been brought back for, to life, attacking no. West, like savagely clawing his face. And immediately Dan starts chasing the cat around with him, mm-hmm. like trying to hit him with a baseball bat. I was like, that's your cat. What? Like, <laughs> I, I was like, wouldn't you assume like, oh, maybe the cat wasn't dead? Like, why would you think like, I'm going to crush my cat with a baseball bat? I don't think if I had seen my cat dead in a fridge and then alive later that I'd be like, oh, my cat's back. Yeah. I'd be like, oh no, my cat's back. I better kill it. Well, that's okay, that's a fair point. And but that to be fair, that's we've already done pet cemetery. So now you have enough institutional yeah. knowledge to know that the yes, pet to know that a pet's return is probably evil. Sometimes dead. This is another movie where the motto is sometimes dead is better. All the time. <laughs> if it's already dead, All the, the dead is better. Yeah, I think that ultimately, like dead is better. Once you're dead, that's it. No more coming back. And sometimes, depending on the movie, sometimes you think dead's better no matter what, you know? Yeah. After the yeah, first I death. think dead's better in most scenarios. 
Um, so they're able to essentially kill the cat again. And then Dan, inexplicably to me, sits down with Wes to be like, how did this happen? And Wes gives his theory of death. Basically, he's like, It's really quite simple. All life is a physical and chemical process, correct? It stands to reason then that if one could find extremely fresh specimens and recharge that chemical process, bang, we have reanimation. The theory is not new, West. So essentially, the body is just a car and the battery's dead. So if we're able to restart the battery, he would ar- he's arguing you'll be able to reanimate life. In a dead okay. corpse, and I'm like, all right, well, I, I don't right. having knowing what I know about medicine, sure, that seems fine. Um, and he says, well, I've conquered brain death in animals; I've been able to bring them back, but I, I have not been able to. Uh, well, when I you put it into humans, they become violent, which we already saw with Doctor Gruber, is him thrashing around and, and yes. freaking out. And Dan's he asked Dan, would you join me in my quest to defeat death? And Dan refuses to help, not because it seems mad as Wes puts it, but because Dan just doesn't believe it. He's like, I just don't think that that's true. And Wes says, watch this. And then he reanimates poor Rufus again. No, and Rufus, Rufus now, poor, now like, I feel bad for the cat. I know. And Rufus, like, his, like, intestines are out. He's bleeding. He's, like, no. screaming. So, like, I'm, like, I'm assuming that the cat is in terrible pain, right? And yes, he injects, absolutely. So he injects a syringe of the glowing green goo into Rufus's, like, the back of his skull. And he's screaming and he's howling. And they're like, how did this happen? Suddenly, they hear a scream behind them. Meg has come back over. Oh, good. And Meg's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why does the cat look like that? Why did he put that goo in there? Asking all the relevant questions. Like, Meg is the only one yeah, where I'm these like, are the right questions yeah. to ask. So the next day, Dan does try to do the, the right thing and tell Dean Halsey about West's, like, experiment. Good. And how he has seen West bring dead tissue back to life because he saw the cat. And Dean Halsey says... I like I this is not real. He's a charlatan. Like it, this is this cannot be real and the fact that you're coming to me makes me really like sad. I thought you were like a real student and like an actual scientist. And Dan's trying to explain to him, you know, like Meg yeah. saw it and now Dean Halsey's like, "What are you bringing my daughter in? Like is this guy like doing experiments in your house and your, my daughter is seeing it? Like what are you talking about?" Obviously, you know, things are not going to be good at Thanksgiving or whatever, hopefully. No, going to get messy. Yeah. And and Dan's like, no, no, I'm sorry. And Dean Halsey's like, I don't want to hear about this. Okay, I, if the, he's doing experiments, like, at his home, the first of all, Herbert West is expelled. Second of all, you are, like, you're going to have to write me a written apology, and then I'm going to suspend your student loan. But the way he said it, I was like, when he says student loan, do they mean scholarship? Because I'm like, I don't think you can suspend a student loan. So, yeah, But like, essentially, he is like, I, I'm going to make it financially very difficult okay. for you to yeah. get through this program. So now Dan does that thing where it's like, you know, when people are like, oh, well, if I'm such a bad person, maybe I should be a bad person. And it's like, well, then oh. you were a bad person. Doubling down. You're yes. like, oh, I just needed permission to be worse. Yeah. Like, oh, I, you don't want me to reanimate yeah. dead flesh? Then I'll, I'm going to reanimate everything. That's piece all of dead I'm going to do. It's like, okay, Dan, you really all played right. this hand terribly. Truly. Um, so, but either way, Herbert West is expelled. Next thing you know, Dan is wheeling a body into the morgue. He chats with Mace, the security guard. And he, Mace tries to peek under the shroud to look at the body. Mm-hmm. And we see that it's Herbert West. So he's, or he's wheeling a, a living Herbert West into the morgue. Okay, sneaking him in. Sneaking him in. Because Herbert has been expelled and he's technically not allowed to be on the school property anymore. And Mace is like, okay, if you're going to be in there, lock the door behind you. I'm going to go get coffee. Mace, a security guard, this, you are not, you are not prepared for what's about to happen here, unfortunately. No. So no. he's like, but I know this guy. You know, I've, met, I've known Dan for three years at this point. I trust him. They go into the refrigerated section of the morgue, Mm-mm. and they find a body, and Herbert West just injects the body. And it's, it's like the freshest one they could find. It's only a couple okay. hours old. They had like a burn victim. They didn't want to go with that. They had like someone with a gunshot wound. He didn't want to go with that. They had a bunch of bodies, but they were all a wreck. Okay. So they inject the guy. And meanwhile, Dan's like, I, this is a bad idea. I don't know why I, I did this. Like, I, we should just, and Herbert's like, no, we just got to give it some time and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, then we just keep going with the experiment. Meanwhile, Meg is with her father up in the hospital where Dan is um, in resident or interning. Again, I, I don't know anything about medical school. Nor do I. But Dan, Dean Halsey's like looking for Dan because he's like, I told Dan that he's suspended off this. I don't want him in the morgue. I don't want him working. Like he has to do this apology to me. I, 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 I need to talk to Dan about this right now. So Dean Halsey goes down to the morgue while this is all going on. 
Okay. Oh, the no. corpse is not reanimating. Dan's like, fine, we tried it. Let's just wrap it up. Mace, the security guard, is going to be back in a second. And Herbie West says, no, I'm going to give him a double injection of the agent. And he gives mm. him twice the amount of the, mm. of the uh, reanimating agent. This motherfucking corpse shoots straight up and just starts trashing the place. So there's, like, blood spraying out of his mouth. This is also, oh, like, a big God. guy to begin with. So yeah. it's not, like, a little grandma that they're, like, about to right. take on. And this motherfucker is literally lifting, like, girdies with bodies on them and hurling them across the room. Like, oh. and, and, and Dan and Wes are just screaming and trying to run away from this guy as he's, like, trashing the place because he, while he may be physically reanimated, his mind apparently is not. Just then, Dean Halsey comes in oh, and goes to open the door of the freezer section. The corpse is so strong. The freezer he, section. The fr- <laughs> I, I, I'm, I do not mean to be any, in any way. The frozen way. foods. The frozen food <laughs> section of your local morgue. Of the morgue. <laughs> yeah. Um, your, yeah, Whole Foods sponsored morgue. The corpse, <laughs> the reanimate corpse, kicks through the door and knocks like basically essentially leaps out of Dean Halsey and then starts kicking his ass. So he's throwing Dean Halsey around the room, who is obviously completely shocked and has like no idea yeah. what to do. Literally throwing him into shelves, like blood everywhere, screaming while Dan and Wes try to figure out how to stop this rampaging corpse. And the right. only way they could do it is Wes takes a bone saw and jams it through the corpse's torso till it like, essentially okay. emerges through his chest cavity. Unfortunately, in the melee, Dean Halsey has been murdered. So what? they have what? killed Dean Halsey. And Dan's How? like, oh, Just like, God. Uh, the corpse was strangling him. The corpse strangling Okay. Because the first one that happened, I was like, oh, are we supposed to think he's not really dead? They're going to give him the agent. But no, we're to believe he really was inadvertently killed. I guess just getting, he's an older man. Just getting yeah, physically lifted off his, and thrown like 20 feet across the room. I guess we're to think there's yeah, enough that'll damage. that'll do it. Yeah. Sure. And so Herbert West says, I have an idea. And Dan's like, we can't. Dean Dean Halsey, the reanimating agent. Herbert's like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm already doing it. So then they put (laughs) Dean Halsey. I know. Because he's like, okay, so he's so fresh. Like, Dean Halsey just died. We give him the agent. He's going to be totally fine. It works, but Dean Halsey is not totally fine. He's also like a blood spear, like spewing zombie. Like, he's more alert, but he's still a zombie. There's so much, like, blood spitting. Yes. Like, there's just so much mouth spitting blood that I think that, like, is this part of it. Yeah. Like, is reanimating a blood spitting situation. I guess so. And they don't really explain that. There's a lot of moments where, like, okay, but, like, why would that happen? Or, like, how did that happen? And, no, everyone is reanimated. Just blood starts gushing out of their mouth. Yeah. And they're, like, immediately pale <laughs> and zombie-like and, like, sort of scrambling yes. around, like, moaning and, like, grabbing and, like, throwing glasses, you know. Meanwhile, Meg, who Megan, who has been waiting up in the hospital, was like, where's my father? I don't know where Dan is. She goes down to the morgue. And oh, she Christ. fucking walks in on this. She walks in on her father covered in blood, strangling both Herbert West and her fiancé, Dan. <laughs> She's like, Dad, like, I didn't know how mad you were. Like, oh, shit, you know. And just then, Mace's security guard comes running back oh, from good. getting coffee, this poor bastard. And he's like, what's going on? And they look, and Dean Halsey is sort of like huddled in the corner. And where Herbert Good. West says, Great. oh, you know, he just came in here and he freaked out. And he just started, like, trashing the place. And he took that bone saw and he put it through that corpse. That was all Dean Halsey. And Megan's like, I just talked to my father. Like, the idea that, that is- he came down here and just, like, wrenched a door off the hinges. Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, he's an older man. He's not, like, he's not Superman, but, like, insane, you know? Right. And Mace says, oh, okay, okay. And then he's like, fuck this, I'm calling the cops. Like, he's like, I don't get paid enough. I'm like campus security or whatever. Yeah. The next thing you know, Megan is watching her father in a straitjacket in a padded room covered in his own blood. Because I guess they're like— So he's still alive. He is—well, he's undead. I'm sorry. He's reanimated. Thank you, Allison. Yeah, he's reanimated. And I guess they're like, did he just—is he psychotic? He doesn't look like—he looks like he's— a zombie, you know? It's not like, yeah. oh, he had a psychotic break and we're going to treat him. It's like, this man like, is oh, His skin undead. is a different color. Exactly. He's purple, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately, the person who is helping her through this is Dr. Hill. And he's like, I know you're alone now that your father's gone mad. Don't worry, yeah. I'm here for you And if you ever yeah. feel lonely. And Megan's like, uh-huh, I yeah. don't think I'll be feeling that lonely. I think I'm good. Pass. And so, but, you know, obviously she's, like, distraught and vulnerable, and she doesn't, Dan has not told her anything. And also, fuck Dan at this point. Like, Dan, if you want to marry this woman. Exactly. 
you're going to need to have a little bit more open communication with her about what's happening in your life. Yeah. And the undead. Yeah, if you want to marry someone, you cannot reanimate their father's corpse and then not be immediately upfront about it. Right, and then blame, um, like, you know, blame violence on that corpse. Exactly. When it's you and your weird-ass roommate's fault. That, that, <laughs> this is your that, roommate's fault, Dan. Yes. <laughs> um, and Dr. Hill's like, oh, you know, I think it's a neurological problem, so you just um, should give me a waiver, and I'll just perform exploratory surgery on him, and I'll figure it out. Because he's like, you know, he's the one with, like, the laser drill, and he's obsessed with doing, like, brain surgery. Mm-hmm. And Megan's like, I guess. Like, I don't know. But then she sees his, her father, and he bangs his head on this one-way mirror. Um, oh, God. And Dr. Hill's office is a office with a one-way mirror into a padded cell. And I was like, I cut mean, out the middleman. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Why not have a one-way mirror in your office to a padded cell? At all times. And Megan says, no, I'm going to figure out what happened to him, and I'm going to help him. As soon as she leaves, okay. Dr. Hill goes into the padded room with two orderlies. They wrestle Dean Halsey into submission, and they give him a lobotomy. So, <laughs> but then is that worse than where he was at? I don't know. But either way, they immediately yeah. lobotomize him. Like, I was like, can you even schedule a lobotomy, like, with that little lead time, you know? Yeah, I don't, it's like, also like, it's weird that they just jump to that and not just sedation. Yes, yeah. And I guess what I think, like, Dr. Hill, like, Herbert West is his own thing. Dr. Hill also has his own thing. They are both two people obsessed with brain death and, like, being legends in the medical field and figuring out how to uh, surpass human knowledge, which, as we've known from this past week of movies, not great. Shouldn't do it. Not great. So Mm -hmm. May goes home and she finds Dan waiting for her and he says... I know you did this. I know you did something to my father. You should go home. I I don't want to see you. And I was like, at least she gets what's going on. Like, she's not going to take any bullshit like, oh, he came down here and went crazy. Right. It's like, I, she knows. What did you and Wes do to him to make him like that? It was, it was horrible. I didn't. didn't. What did you do to him? He's not insane. He's dead. I had that moment of pure horror movie bliss where I'm like, what a great line. He's not insane. He's dead. And uh, Meg slaps him twice in the face, which I appreciated. And he tells her, he's like, I'm really sorry. I'll tell you everything. While he's laying all this groundwork of like Herbert West's experiment, whatever, back in Dan's basement, West is doing, I guess, like paperwork to be like, I I reanimated two corpses today and I'm a genius, you know. And yeah, suddenly, gotta make sure you leave a trail of all the work you've I'm done. Like, who's like, gonna come publish on, this? Like, yeah, it's like, right. how are this you? Is think a this is crime more than a discovery. Right, you're gonna go to prison. Like, there's no like, oh, I'm gonna become like, I'm gonna go to Harvard and be like a tenured professor. Like, right, yeah, no. So as he's doing this, somebody is in the basement behind him, and it is Doctor Hill. And Doctor Hill says, "I want to ask you, why does Dean Halsey scream with pain when you and I know he's dead?" And Wes is like, oh, um, oh. and that's Uh-oh. the problem is if you want to declare that you've mastered brain death, then when somebody shows up who's undead, people are going to figure out you did it. Yes. You played yourself. Um, and Dr. L says, I'm going to take your discovery and uh, you're not going to tell, I'm not going to tell anybody about it because if you don't let me steal your findings, then I am going to expose you and I'm going to get, get you sent to prison. And Wes is like, oh, I didn't think all- about that. Be in prison. Yeah, everyone involved except for Meg should absolutely be yeah. in prison. And Mace's yes. security card. Yeah, um, yeah. Meg and Mace can like go live normal lives. The rest of them belong in jail. Um, and while Dr. Hill's like sort of gloating, like I'm going to be a legend, I'm going to be famous, uh, Herbert West grabs a shovel and hits him across the head and then uses the edge right. of the shovel to decapitate him. So he literally kills him so savagely that his head is is rolls off. And Allison, what do you think Herbert West does with that head? Oh, does he shoot it full of goo? He sure does. He shoots oh, it full of goo. And then separately, he also shoots the body full of goo. Well, it's like, are you using twice the amount or did you split it half and half? I don't, like... It, it, the movie implies he is an almost... He's like a gallon, like a gate, like one of those big right. Gatorade jugs. Like It makes me... Yeah, that has like the little plastic handle. <laughs> Right. Oh, you mean like the orange ones that you like dump when you on a coach when you win? I mean, that's um, basically what. By the end of this movie, that's how much he has. It's like, like gallons that's and gallons. Crazy. It feels like he shouldn't have that much of it. Yeah, and like I mean, to be fair, there's another fridge in the basement, so I guess it's just like the electric right, electrical just, bill must be insane in this house. Um, <laughs> 
And so on, because it was such a fresh kill, Dr. Hill can speak a little bit, and he says to Herbert West, West, you bastard. Unfortunately, <laughs> West did not figure out. He, he just, he, he's a man with too much focus because he, what he doesn't see yes. coming is Dr. Hill's body gets up and just fucking knocks him unconscious. That's funny. So um, in the meantime, Meg and Dan, they go to Dr. Hill's office to see her father. They realize that he's been lobotomized. And she's like, why the fuck would he do that right away? Like, he this just yeah. happened. This is awful. And while they're looking through his files to essentially, like, find out, like, what's going on or, like, what they should right. do. How would you fix this, you know? Dan finds a folder in Dr. Hill's file cabinet of um, pictures of Meg— a lock of <gasps> a strand of her oh. hair, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, newspaper no. clippings, because I guess she was a swathmore, so it's like newspaper clippings of like her college experience in a file. Ugh. So he's not just like into her, he's obsessed with he's her. He's like, yeah, that's not great. Dan does not tell her this, and I don't know why, but Meg knows that Dr. Hill's creepy and has a thing for her. So while I it would be distressing, like, but maybe he's like, this is just too much for her to deal with right now. Yeah, I, like part of me is like, with everything else going on, like, is that information I would need right then? Like, yeah. maybe not. Like, maybe I would want to take a beat, we'll figure out my dad, then we can get to this guy who's been obsessed with me in a creepy way. Yeah. Like, so they're like, well, we can't figure anything out tonight. You know, um, Dan takes Meg home and drops her off, and then he goes back to his house, and West is just waking up from being knocked out by Dr. Hill. And he's like, oh my God, he stole all my notes. I had to kill him. And Dan says, is Dr. Hill dead? And Herbert West says, well, not anymore, which oh, I thought was no. funny. And Dan's That's like, funny. fuck you. And he starts shaking West. He's like, why did you do all this? You know. And Dan realizes that Dr. Hill lobotomized the dean Essentially, so that like the dean would not be able to testify, like if he then, if later he became conscious again, he would not Uh be able to say, Oh, Herbert West is the one who figured out this drug. Okay, got it. So, Dr. Hill, it was purely a long walk. I know, a purely like a professional decision to lobotomize his boss, essentially. Right. So, he could take credit for a reanimating compound that he's stealing from another psychopath. Exactly. Back at Dr. Hill's office, we see his body stumble in, and his body is carrying his head in a tray. And there's a lot of physical comedy where he's, like, trying to turn on a lamp, but he's, like, knocking over shit, which I really appreciated. (laughs) I appreciate that. And for some reason, the head wants to be in a pool of fresh blood. So he, like, sprays a bunch of blood, and the the head is, like, ugh. And the head is so disgusting (laughs) and so horny and, like, so, like, like moaning, but in a way where you're, like, calm down, you know? Do you like this? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe a little bit. It's, and it's sort maybe. of like, this is to him like a fulfillment of like, I I am beyond science. Like, I am this like masterful creation, which would be bad enough. But he also has a game right. plan. And he goes over to um, Dean Halsey's one-way mirror. And we find out, Allison, and it's played very subtly, so I wasn't sure, but I looked up online. It turns out that he has some sort of telekinetic command over Dean Halsey. So they're able to sort of commune in a nonverbal sense. Okay. And he, because they're both reanimated? I guess we're to believe yes. Okay. And, and, and of course, Dr. Hill's body is holding his head, and, he, and the head tells Dean Halsey, it's time for you to come out now. Cool. Now, Allison, let me ask you, who do you think will survive this film? Who will survive? I hope it's just Meg mm-hmm. and Mace. And then who do you think will unsurvive of the de- of the undead already? I mean, Hill, his body and head are separated. I don't see a world where he's like, and I'm going to go out and live in the world again. Um, yeah. And then I think, yeah. And I think everybody else, maybe Jake survives. Is Jake a person? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we've got Dan, we've got um, Herbert West, yeah. Meg, and Dan. Dan Gardner. is, yeah. Dan is he what I was thinking. He does look like I, a Jake. You're, you're not wrong. Well, he, there was like a touch of Jake Ryan from 16 Candles to his like vibe in the okay, trailer. Okay, yeah, I can see that. You know? Okay, so I think that's why I thought it. And also like Jake and Dan are the same name to me, so. Jake and Dan. I have a, a cousins in the same immediate family, a Jake and a Dan. So yeah. that makes sense. So they're the same. So they're the same <laughs> person. Um, Yeah, I think he might survive, but that everybody else has to die. Great. 
Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. <laughs> Making my cat happy is my number one priority, and Fresh Step Out Stretch Litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh, and Fresh Step Out Stretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Ah! Find Fresh Step Out Stretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. So we see, we're back at the morgue, um, and we see Mace's security oh, guard. He's reading a nudie magazine called Boudoir. And I, he does not see, because the person is approaching from the other angle, we see a shambling body in, like, uh, scrubs. Oh, are scrubs. Uh-huh. Oh, are they? Great. Um, carrying oh, a duffel bag. And then um, instead of a human head, it has, like, a, the head of an anatomy model that we have seen in Dr. Hill's um, <laughs> office. With, like, one half has skin and, like, a plastic eye, and the other one you could just see, yeah. like, their brain. Yeah. And it yep. has, like, sort of, like, a little surgical cap and a face mask on to try and disguise the fact it's not a real human head, but it's obviously not. <laughs> That's very funny. And what's crazy is, like, Mace is so interested in his nudie mag that he doesn't notice the person until they're almost all the way inside, but then the, the person's nose falls off the bottle. And he turns and he looks and he goes, Dr. Hill, is that you? Because he's so tall. And Dr. Right. Hill goes, yes, it's me, but it's clearly coming from the bag where his head is. <laughs> and Mace is like, he goes inside and Mace goes, coffee time. And he's like, and then he just goes on break, which is absolutely what I do. But it's like, so he, it's basically like, if somebody's in the morgue, I get to fucking get out of here. I don't have to watch these bodies. Yeah. Right. Um, so he, Dr. Hill goes in there and uh, his body puts his head in a fresh, fresh pan of blood and he, his body goes into the morgue and starts taking all the corpses out, Allison. Whatever no. his plan is, it's a multi-corpse plan, okay? Oh, no, he's assembling an army of the undead. Allison, he sure is. Oh, no! And so Dad finally gets, like, a, a fucking clue or whatever, and he runs to Meg's house to make sure she's okay. And Meg's like, what? I, I gotta get some sleep. I can't handle yeah, this. Okay. Like, my dad's, like, insane, you know? And Dan says, I just feel horrible about everything. And they have this sort of, she's like, you should transfer to another school. And he's like, I will. I want you to have a good life, but I love you. And then they, as soon oh as God. they go to kiss, a fucking zombie hand punches her in the door. And it's her father. And he just oh. goes berserk. How did he get runs out? In. So Dr. Hill unleashed him. I see. Because okay. Dr. Hill, we're to understand, as we find out, he is able to exert some control over the yes. other reanimated yeah, and they clearly have the kind of strength to, like, escape things. Right, so I guess it's sort of like, yes, are they are they sentient in the way we want them to be? No. Do, do we accidentally make them super strong? Yes, and that's really yeah. something. Yes. that is something. Um, and so uh, Dean Halsey punches the door and attacks all of them and knocks Meg unconscious, and then he picks up Meg's body and he takes her back to the morgue for Dr. Hill's nefarious purposes and leaves Dan's unconscious ass on the ground. Oh, my God. Allison. Like, Things are going to go from bad to worse right about now. I don't no. think you're going to like it. Oh. Meg wakes up on the gurney. Oh, my God. She is totally nude. Dr. No. Hill's body has, str- oh, no, her own father, Dean Halsey, has stripped her n- nightgown off. 
Oh, and Dr. Hill is like leering at her completely nude body as, from his tray. And so Meg's just screaming like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Last thing you know, you're like making out with your fiance that you might never see again because he's going to transfer. And then you wake up nude with the head of your father's colleague staring at you from a tray because it's been removed from his body. Like, no, that Even is not okay. worse, the, the body is like massaging her boobs. And, like, sexually assaulting her. So Meg recently is, like, losing her shit. She, like, gets one of her arms free and, like, pushes the body's head off. Because she's, like, so she's, like, she didn't even realize it wasn't a real head. She's, like, ah, ah. And then then Dr. Hill, I guess he's, like, now's the time to make my move. And his body picks up Dr. Hill's head. And he's, like, And then Allison, I am very sad to tell you, the severed head starts, like, kissing down her body. No! Oh, because that's, like, Kent, because it's not attached, so it's just going south? I, and oh. Allison, it's going all the way south. Oh, no! And there is a full-length shot of Meg screaming, nude, very upset, as Dr. Hill's body, like, lowers his head in between her legs. Thank God, at the last second, before, like, she has to go through something I don't know if you could really come back from, you know what I mean? Like, I I would like to, if you asked me what would you do now, I would kill myself because that's a memory that you just can't erase. Exactly. I mean, the only bad part with this movie is if you kill yourself now, they might reanimate you and you still have to do it. You have to go through it. Wait till I got like free from them and moved to another state and then I'd kill myself. And so luckily, Wes finally interrupts them and Wes has like come. He's like, I'm very disappointed in you, Dr. Hill. I thought you were a man of science. You are trysting with some bubble-headed co-ed. So he is intervening, but he's also a piece of shit. Electric chair Yeah, he's also like being super misogynistic. Yeah. It's like, all right. So they have like, like Dr. Hill and West have like that. You think you're a genius. I'm the genius. No, No, I invented this. You know, like, and, but West is doing that so Dan can sneak in and untie Meg, which I, you know, I appreciate her. West did one goddamn decent thing after unleashing this army of zombies on the, on the, in Massachusetts. Your home yeah. state. And Wes says to Hill, you can't steal my discovery. Who's, who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job at a sideshow, which is very funny. That is. It's in the trailer. <laughs> and uh, Dr. Dr. Hill's like, why would you come here? Why would you make such a fatal mistake to come here and challenge me? And Wes says, I have a plan. And Dr. Hill says, so do I. Suddenly, all of the corpses get up at once. And they just what? start fucking going berserk, knocking all this stuff around, just no. wiling out. So it's like probably like six or seven completely nude, mangled, you know, someone was yeah. in a fire. One of them is like their head was blown off. Shot, like, yeah. And they are just going absolutely ham on this lamp. No. You know? And unfortunately, in the melee, they also grab Dan and Meg. They're, like, throwing them around, just being super violent. And Dr. Hill reveals that he gave them all lobotomies, even after death. So then when he revived them, they were— They're lobotomized. He's able to control them. Yes. Because one of his theories that is very briefly referenced at the beginning by Herbert is that he has a theory that the will, the human will, has, like, an actual location in the brain— and he was saying, okay. I lobotomized that part so that I now control them. Now, Allison, does that make sense? No, but we, we no. take his word for it's it. It's fine. Unfortunately, all these corpses, they, it's just chaos. It's, you know I mean? it's not like they're like, I, we're going to yeah. like take you to my lair. Organize. Like, we're going to take yeah. control of the university. It's just fucking smashing glasses and tipping shit <laughs> over. Just Flipping like shit screaming. over. And, um, all, while this is happening, like, Megan is screaming at her father to stop because he's, like, attacking Dan, too. And he has this moment of, like, humanity where he realizes that, like, she's his daughter or, like, something has been done to him. And in his rage, mm. he attacks Dr. Hill's body. And uh, that mm, enables Herbert West to sort of get free from the scrum. And he, he throws Hill's body into the hallway just as Mesa's security guard is coming back. And he Good. doesn't even get a line. Like, he just mouths the words, what the fuck, when he sees this headless <laughs> body that's still moving, like, in the hallway. <gasps> and from here on out, it is just blood. It is guts. It is, like, mm-hmm. crazy, mm-hmm. like, goo Messy. everywhere. Yeah, and, so much goo. And Dean Halsey, in a rage, like, on some level, understanding what Dr. Hill did to him, grabs Dr. Hill's uh, uh, um, head and squishes it so hard, you guess it, his eyes explode. 
great. And when he does all of the other corpses, like, scream in pain, like, they're experiencing what Dr. Hill's body feels. Okay. And then he ends up crushing Dr. Hill's head in his hands and throws it out in the hallway. And the last time we see Mace is Mace, like, peers into the doorway and, like, this fucking oh. corpse riot yeah, shit on, show. And then just runs down the hallway to yep. the elevators, which is that exactly what I'm he's not him. being paid enough, you know? No, he's not. And because Dr. Hill is now dead, the amount of pain and, like, their connection to him, all the corpses are just, like, ripping out the fuse box, like, smashing light bulbs, like, knocking over chemicals. And eventually, like, this uh, cloud starts billowing of toxic chemicals, I suppose. It's just, like, billowing out. And I just want to say this scene reminded me, I remember when um, Michael Jackson died, I was living, I had, like, a Craigslist roommate named Lance, Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, you know, when Elvis died, my dad was at a bar and somebody ran in and said, Elvis is dead. And then everyone in the bar just started smashing all the stools and like just breaking <gasps> bottles and stuff. And I said, is that what you think we should do for Michael Jackson? <laughs> but I just, in my mind, like it's just sort of like, just totally like, I just got to smash this. So all of them are just like yeah. hating each other, Crush. like fighting <laughs> each other now. And then at a certain point, unfortunately, they grab, the other zombies grab Dean Halsey and tear him apart limb by limb as Meg looks on screaming. <gasps> so even if there this had woman. been a way to get to re, to fix him or, or whatever, yeah. it's, it's it's over. over. That's gone. And you know things are still are not looking great. And then you know finally Meg and Dan are like, we got to get out of here. We just got to make a break for the door. And Wes says, no, I have a plan. And his plan is he's going to inject Doctor Hill's body with a super duper dose of the reanimating agent. And I don't know whether he thought it would just, like, stop all of the corpses or whatever. But instead, what happens is Dr. Hill's individual organs become animated. And his long oh intestine shoots out of his torso and what? wraps itself around Herbert's West, Herbert West and starts dragging him back to his corpse. What? So now, like, the individual this, organs Yeah, this are science has gone fully— like, if, like, early on, I'm like— yeah, I kind of can get behind a theory of reanimation, like, even though I know sure. that that's, like, not something. But, like, I'm like, okay, like, that's, like, kind of, like, a little out there science. This is just full on, like, nothing makes sense anymore. Everything's doing its own thing. Yeah, and much like, um, you know, a lot of the movies we watch for sci-fi month, it's like, what was the thesis? Because if the right. thesis was, I can reanimate them, great, we're done. Not, right. I'm going to give dose after dose to see what will dose. happen. Yes. Unfortunately, he's going to find out uh, a, a zombie's large intestine is going to crush him to death, basically. And so as he's he being killed, he throws Meg and uh, Dan, like, his duffel bag full of the his notes and, like, the remaining last little bit of the uh, reanimating agent. And mm-hmm. he's sort of dragged away into this corpse scrum. And so uh, Dan and Meg still have to, like, fight their way to the elevator because, like, now the corpses are getting out into the hallway of the hospital, so they have to, like, kick somebody's ass. And then finally they're in the hospital, and they're like, okay, we just have to get up to the next floor. And a corpse gets inside and strangles Meg. And <gasps> uh, Dan can't get its hands off, and so right. he has to run and take a fire axe, and he cuts off the arm of the corpse. Allison, they get up to the hospital, and it's too late. Meg is dying. No. He takes Meg, and just like we saw the exact same scene in the beginning, he runs takes her to Dr. Herod, and they try to revive her. It just doesn't work. And Dr. Herod, much more tenderly this time, was like, I'm really sorry. She's dead. And also, there's all this chaos in the hospital because of, like, the toxic uh, chemicals. Like, the cloud is coming up. So everyone's like, we have to evacuate. So, you know, they're like, we're sorry, we'll give you a minute. Unfortunately, Allison, Dan's like, well, I do have a solution to this problem. And he does the thing that you never do, which is he reaches in his bag and he takes out the reanimating agent and he goes and he injects it into Meg's head. And we fade to black, but as we do, we hear the sound of Meg waking up and screaming. And that's the end. And that's it. And that's the very end. What a movie. So what what are some fatal mistakes do you think, if you could pick any, in this very well-thought-out yeah. sensible, moderate approach to science. Fatal mistakes. I mean, I would say definitely um, letting uh, West continue to live there after the cat incident. Yeah. That would be, like, number one. And then, like, after finding out what he's up to, like, not being, like, 
I'm calling the cops. <laughs> like, yeah. Once the reanimating stuff is like in the mix, like at any point, someone needed to press stop and just like bring in authorities and arrest all of these people. <laughs> yeah. Once I think even like once somebody kills a cat. Yeah, I think that that's really it. You don't need to keep seeing what they'll do next. Like, you know, it's not <laughs> yeah. going to be good. If this, then what else? Yes, right. Um, I was trying to think of, like, is there any other scenario, like, what scenario, if you were a severed head, would you not want to find yourself in? Because I was trying to think, like, I guess there's some if benefits I'm a severed head? If you, when you're a severed head. What is the mm-hmm. worst possible situation? Or the benefits of it? You know, I mean, I think like I wouldn't want to be near like a pool or a hot tub or the mm-hmm. ocean, even though like as a living being, those are things I love. But like just the head, like if it gets in water, I feel like that's it. You suffocate and die. Yeah. I was saying one, so, one benefit to it is that like you could just be put in the overhead compartment and you wouldn't have to actually nice. pay for a chair. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just a head. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of benefits. You don't have to buy clothes. You have to say clothes budget slash shoe budget slash done slashed. I guess you got to up the makeup and the hats. Right, you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have to become a hat person, and <laughs> I personally don't think person. I am a hat person. I I am not. I, my head is huge. It won't work. I have a huge head too. Yeah, that, that's probably why we found each other <laughs> across a room of small-headed people. <laughs> Literally, the gravity of our heads. <laughs> yes, just it's they both have orbits, and we fell into each other's. Um, Allison, I think we've arrived at the end. And Mm -hmm. so I have to ask you, on a scale of one to ten screams, where would you rate Reanimator on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. I think, like, it is very gory, but it's also very over the top, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of comedic effect to some of the scenes. So I think I'm going to give it, like, a five. Okay. I'm going to give it a four because I feel the same way. I really like it. I think it's super fun. I think it's, yeah. but it's not scary. It's more like, oh God. Like when you see like, yeah. a, you know, like Dr. Kill's head being crushed and the eyes explode. I'm not scared. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. grossed like, out. Um, mm-hmm. And the moments of levity, which I love, you know, I love a horror comedy or anything approaching yeah. it. So there were there's certain lines of like, he's not insane, he's dead. And later where he's like, is, is Dr. Hill dead? He's like, well, not anymore. I just, to me, that is like what I love most about horror. It's sort yeah. of like, what an winking inside joke to the audience to be able to be like, I know we can make a joke about this because you guys right. are just completely on board with us. Right, yeah. So again, the spooky scale is one. entirely for how spooky yes. something is, not whether we liked it. I This is a 10 on a... Did Hallie like it scale, if you ask me? Yeah, this seems fun. I feel like I kind, I don't want to watch it, but I do kind of want to see some of those scenes. Yeah, if you could somehow, I was like, could you do like a dry version of this where it wasn't quite so bloody? Like there's just yes. so much liquid involved yeah, in the film. Yeah, it seemed very wet. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. And as yes. always, please you must keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.